Welcome back to the second episode of the Farmland Hunter. I just want to say thank you to everyone that tuned in to last week's episode. Um, it was a complete success, I'd say. We had a lot of people share it. Um, Way better than I thought it was going to be. I yeah. think the best part was for me is I had some people say like, oh, I watched while I was on like, like my one friend said he watched while he was you running a loader, you know. Yeah, we had guys that drive trucks like state trucks and everything and they turned it on just to listen to it for 50 minutes for however long it was it was great but yeah i think that's what's great about a podcast is you can be doing other stuff and like i mean you can only listen to the same song over and over again yeah it's something to do while you're driving (laughs) yeah or doing anything that's what i did i i listen to podcasts all the time when i'm driving up to college and stuff they can teach you a lot yeah and when i'm on the mower too and i mean we're farmland hunter like when you're on the tractor yeah, like it's definitely something to, something to listen to. Froggy ninety five gets old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah. I wanted to start this week's episode off with a little bit of shed hunting. Like I think we should do shed hunting. It's kind of going on right now. <laughs> right now is about the big time that people are starting to shed hunt. I've found two already. Yeah, Macaulay did. You did a little bit of shed hunting and then found out it was for nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually so it's a funny story. I had like seven different bucks on camera that were coming in off my food plot. And I got this picture of like four different bucks shed. You could see the marks in their um, head where there was no antlers. So I was like, that has to be the same group of bucks. All of them must have dropped. There was two bigger ones. And I was like, they're probably some of the ones that dropped because there were some bigger body deer. So me and Tucker were talking last week whenever <laughs> we, were, we were doing the podcast and he showed me these pictures of the bucks he had on his camera week like a week after I got these pictures and it was the bucks that I had on camera and I was like you gotta be kidding me I've been out walking mile after mile <laughs> looking for these sheds and they're still holding them I was so upset yeah it was the second I got a picture of the one and he's still still, still both of them yeah both of them yeah both both antlers were still on his head it was like the third of february he's still holding them i didn't even get a picture of one that was like had one side off they were both like all of them had it except i found one picture of a buck i got uh like those 30 dollar tasco cameras from walmart yep great investment like for 30 dollars you're not going to get a better camera because you know you spend 60 to 100 dollars on one yeah you're going to get maybe a better a better pit like might be a little more reliable maybe the picture quality would be better but for 12 megapixels for $30, they seem to work. I know, don't, do you have any? No, I don't. I actually um, am starting to switch over more towards Brownings. They actually have like a $90 camera. I like them. I just like them for yeah. the fact that they're easy to set up and they take really good pictures. They do, yeah. But if you're looking for something like cheap. And cheap. Affordable. Yeah, and, and the best thing is, is <clears throat> if I, so I went, it was late season. I was just trying to see like what made it through what bucks were still left after the rifle season like which one's winter um we found some good sheds last year oh yeah some some good sheds for pennsylvania some booner sheds and he wasn't around last year and we found his sheds and i was i was like i'm gonna go get a couple more cameras and i'll just see like what's out and luckily i did because i wouldn't have found the buck that macaulay has pictures of and just for for as much as it costs, you can go and get a couple of them and just spread them out and get some information. Some information's better than nothing. Cameras are by far the best tool to have hunting. Some guys will yeah. argue otherwise. They, I mean, definitely 
being out there in the woods scouting by yourself, like on foot, is good too. That's right. always good. But cameras can give you so much intel, more than just knowing what bucks are in the area. Like I listen to these guys, like the two guys, the two actually YouTube um, series that I've listened to the most over the last couple of years is. Jeff Sturgis on oh, Whitetail Habitat he Solutions. Knows, he makes my head hurt. Oh. Like, if you sit down and try to watch one video of his, you are completely thinking everything you did, just did your last time. I can – everything that I know is because of him and Midwest Whitetail. Yep. Midwest Whitetail, I learned how to hunt deer. Like, when the wind is right, what stands are good, what to, like, plant. That, too, with Jeff Sturgis. Uh-huh. He knows, like, the, what to plant now, what to plant, what the yep. deer are going to eat now. What's great is he does those monthly... Monthly, like, the fails. He does fails, too, like, what not to do. Right. Like, if you do this, it is going to fail. And he does lots of stuff. I think we're, I'm going to get into this on the our next podcast on the yeah. land management. So I don't want to talk too much about it. But I have to give everything I know to Midwest Whitetail on yep. archery hunting at least Midwest yeah, Whitetail yeah. and Whitetail Habitat Solutions I've learned everything that I know and how I hunt today from those two yep. YouTube series I think both of us like we haven't I mean we've hunted a long time yeah but, I've been hunting for like eight years now right but when you look at other hunters who've been also hunting their whole life we spend I mean that's our generation like we watch YouTube yep. and that's constantly that's that's all we watch so what I was getting at is like we'd watch a lot of YouTube to kind of supplement for the lack of years hunting because watching YouTube videos are so much free information out there about anything. Yep. Literally anything. You can learn how to do anything now on YouTube. And we dedicate our time, you know, watching that stuff and education to hunting. And that's kind of, that's just where we get our information from. That's that. Yeah. That's where we get it from. But and Jeff Sturgis is good. Yeah, so like I like Mike Reed and Jared Mills from the Midwest Whitetail. Those mm-hmm. are the two top two. Before it was Bill Winky. Yeah, all good guys. Um, that's where I learned how to archery hunt. Yep. The way I learned how to shoot, how to do my best stuff, Chris B. Chris B. Yeah, he's he's very good. Yeah, he's amazing on how he like he just I watch his videos on like shooting different bow setups mm-hmm. like. The whole velocity thing, everything he does, like all different kind of bow tuning, everything. It's just. I think we should, yeah. I think we should do an episode on that. Yeah, and get get one get get a local guy on here that's good with archery. Um, Yeah, we both know a couple, so that'd be a good plan for a future pod. But so we kind of got off track there from the shed hunting. Yeah, but that's okay. So shed hunting for me is kind of like they talk about like. Uh, adult Easter egg hunt, like I hear Pretty that a much. lot. It, it is. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. Like our one property is 250 acres, and say there's like six sheds on that whole property. How hard is it going to be to find six sheds on 250 acres? Oh, I mean, it's tough. 250 acres. I mean, think about it. I mean, that's freaking huge. Yeah, and especially when you have most of your deer patterned down, you're basically looking for the ones like you got that one shed. Yep. And I got a picture of him yep. with his shed on. And yep. we're sitting there at the kitchen table saying, oh, yeah, this is him. Yep. This he is could be exact two match. miles away now dropping it. Right. Who knows where, and I'm out here looking for right. it. Yeah, you don't know. That's what's crazy when these guys, like, on YouTube and stuff, they go and they find their... Like, five match sets a day, like out in Iowa. Exactly. And it's the freaking deer that they've been hunting. And then they hold, they'll shoot their deer that they've been after, and then they'll have both the sheds from the Like, for the last year. three years. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I wish I could 
find that many. Shots. Like, I wonder how much luck is involved with that, and how much skill is in, like involved. I think it has a lot to do with uh, topography, the geographical features. Yeah. Um, from like, I mean, Iowa. Those guys, like, I watch a lot of shed hunting videos this time of year just to kind of keep me involved in shedding. Yeah. Like, you, when you walk five miles a day and don't find a single shed, it's kind of like, man, why did I even do this? Yeah. So I have to like watch a YouTube video about it. If guys find them that way, I'd be like, yay, this is cool. I got to go out tomorrow and do it. You, <laughs> you got to get yourself hyped yeah, up. I have, yeah, I do, because <laughs> or else I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So I see these guys in Iowa, Missouri, whatever, Kansas. They go out for a couple hours and they find like 20 sheds in a day. Yeah. I was like, I haven't found 20 sheds in the last three years. Yeah, I have not found. I haven't found. Yeah. I don't think I've found a shed yet. So. Yeah. So that's <laughs> what I want to talk about. Like, you haven't found a shed yet, really. Have no, I mean, so one time when I was young, we had some old hay in our barn and we just threw it out in the yard because we needed it out of the barn. We didn't know what to do, so we just threw it in our backyard, and it was. I'm pretty sure it was just straw. And it was in the middle of the winter, like January, we got a big snowstorm. Well, every night we were getting 10 to 20 deer in at these hay bales. Yeah. And what would happen was the bucks would go up to the bale and try to rip the hay out. Yep. And we we found three or four sheds just in that one bale. And it, it's like 20 yards from my house. Yeah, oh, yeah that's crazy, yeah. That's the only way I've found them. I've wanted to do that again, but, I don't know, hay's kind of expensive. and yeah. When you don't make it and you have to buy it, you know, it's yeah. kind of hard. We don't make hay anymore. Yeah. So, hay is, that, I guess that would be your story for your first shed and the yeah, last shed pretty you much. Found. So, the first shed I actually found, which is crazy because it was right next to my house. We're actually sitting in my old house now um, doing this podcast. But right behind, there's like a series of barns around my old house here. And right behind the old barn is growed up grass through this mm-hmm. little creek bottom. Deer really never come up there. It's like raccoons and stuff is like about the most animals you see there. And when you know, I was younger, I was like 11 years old. I don't, I don't even know if it, I was hunting yet. Like yeah. I went hunting the first year I was 11 that fall. Mm-hmm. So this was like in April or May. I was just out for a walk, you know, doing things like playing in the mud or the water. Yeah. Who knows what <laughs> I was doing? And I actually tripped over something. Something caught my foot. No you know, way. ironic, like the most luck you've ever had in your yeah. entire life. Like I wish that would happen to me today. I tripped. I look back to see like if a jagger caught me or what, and here's this antler laying there, a nice four point side, like a deer I might even consider shooting today. Now that like I have higher standards now, right. it was like a good shed. I mean, it was solid, and from since then I've found probably twenty sheds since then. I I spent a lot of time, which in is a good amount. Oh, That's yeah. a good amount of sheds. Yeah. But my biggest set, I wanted to talk about this. My biggest set of sheds scores 136. People are probably going to laugh now. Like, 136, that ain't no. You that, don't know how to measure? Yeah. 136 is a really nice buck. Yeah. I mean, he was a 9-point. I uh, called him lucky. He was a stud deer. I missed him three times in one year, which we'll have to save that story for um, archery season come this fall. But I missed him three times in one year. <laughs> And I found his sheds laying about 80 yards apart right before we were going to FFA Volleyball. I went for a little walk. Walked right inside the woods, and it was laying there on this logging path. I wasn't even in the woods for five seconds, and it was yep. laying there. Like It was like the sun was peering down out of the sky, looking right at the shed, shining on it. It was glistening. It's like God wanted me to find it <laughs> just to give me a little trophy for missing yeah. him so many times. Yeah. <laughs> That's how stupid it is. Like You go out, and you could hike. All day long. And then just the stupidest moment, like you're not even expecting it, and then there it is. Yep. 
So I pick it up. And I, I spent like I only had like two hours to look after school before this FFA volleyball or whatever I was going to. I walked the entire woods for like two hours. Uh-huh. Didn't find it. Yeah. I was like, oh man, who knows where it's at? It could be on the neighbors. Who knows? Yeah. I get on the four wheeler. I'm driving up the edge of the field. I look over in the high grass while I'm driving, and in the high grass laid down, this shed's upside down laying in the grass. I hop out. Didn't know if it was off of the same buck. I jumped out. I pulled it up. I put him side by side, and it was his other That's side. Sweet. I was like, what is the chances? The chances, yeah. Like, I was leaving. Like, I might have never even come back there to even look. Because at the time, that was in 2017. I was like 15 years old. I wasn't big into the whole right. running, like, the whole experience yet. I was right. still learning. And I found this set of sheds, and that really got me going for shed hunting. Like, that was, like, the first two uh, sheds that I right. found, like, the set. That was my first set and last set that I found. And that really got my passion for shed hunting going. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like, this, like, the antlers are a big reason why you hunt a whitetail. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's kind of like you hunt for the meat, but, like, it's like, it's like if a turkey's beard fell off. Yeah. You know? Well, if it's like, I I hear this all the time. If turkeys didn't gobble, would you still hunt them? Yeah. A lot of guys would probably be like, yeah, we might still hunt them, but would you? Like, would you, like. If they don't gobble, there's something about a turkey gobbling that's like that's why you're out there. Oh, I know. It like puts the hair on your neck up, and you can feel it. You can be a hundred yards away, and you can just feel it. Like yeah, it's heart pounding. It's the same thing. Like antlers are kind of like it's just like uh, a like the icing on the cake. Yes. Like yes. That's that's the best way to put it. It's like the icing on the cake, and a lot of guys like the Heartland bow hunter. Uh huh. Um, the one guy has a shed dog. He finds these massive sheds with yeah. a shed dog. And it's so fun to watch. Like from like I like watching these stories. I'm a sucker for these like deer <laughs> stories. You know, yeah. Like they watch them for like four years yep. and get to build a story. It is so cool, like getting to watch them grow from well, two like, and a half to three and a half, yep. four and a half, five and a half, six and a half, and finding sheds off of them mm-hmm. almost every year. Like this one guy I, th- I think the guy off the Heartland Bonar, I think he has like three years of full set of sheds off of them. I'm not sure if he found this year's sets yet or not. Yeah. He probably will. But, like, you imagine having four years of sets off of one buck? You're, like, how, what are the chances of walking out in the woods and finding them? Exactly. I think the dogs definitely help. Oh, I mean, for sure, but I would love to have one. Oh, I know. I was watching this one video. This guy said he, he went and bought this shed dog. He bought a dog, and he wanted it to, like, hunt sheds. Well, something happened the first time when this dog was a pup. It somehow, the shed hurt the dog. And now he said every time he gets a shed out or the dog sees a shed, it freaks out. Yeah. Because it associated when it was young a shed, shed with hurt with pain. And yeah, it, pain. Yeah. And now it just it doesn't even like if it sees a shed, it's done. Yeah. But shed hunting is just cool. It's like some people call it participation trophies for the guys that didn't kill deer. Well, guess what, guys? I killed a deer this year, my biggest <laughs> one ever, and I still like finding sheds. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. It's fun to be out there this like the off season, and it's not even just the fun part. The intel that you can gather from a shed is yeah. impeccable. I well, that's like you found Splits' first year shed. Yeah, and I killed him two hundred yards from that shed. If I wouldn't have found that shed, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even have known to go back to that spot yep. to hunt him in the late yep. like later in the year, like November fourteenth, cold front, really cold. I wouldn't have known to go down in there. Like I would have just been guessing like off of where i last saw him right like I, I would have been a mile away from where he was when i killed him but that shed told me okay this is where he's at when the weather's bad right this is where he wants to be he's got to be somewhere here he beds right. here 
just from his little one and a half year old cheddar, whatever it was, two and a half maybe. Yep. And that's how I killed him. That information is the reason I killed him. That's I like to call it from shed to dead because yep. <laughs> it helps. It does. It helps. Oh, I just for sure. I found a shed this year, right above my sister's rifle stand. The um the biggest one so far this year, the second shed. He was laying right inside a bed. The group of three beds. He was laying right inside yep. the bed. There's a good chance that the bucks, because the bucks start to kind of get back in bachelor groups this time. Uh-huh. So there's a good chance all three of those beds were buck beds. Right on this little point where they can watch over the entire valley and the wind comes down off the hill right to them. They can, they can check their scent and watch at the same time. Perfect place for a buck to bed. And it's thick right there. Yeah. All around them. But they're and that's where your that's where your bucks are. That's see, like that's exactly you know it gives you good intel. Like now I know where they're betting. Now I know where he's going to be betting. Like I might kill like this buck's only probably like a two year old this year, mm-hmm. like a two and a half year old. I just found a shed. I probably won't hunt him this year because I I don't believe he'll blow up that much. I don't. But think so. maybe at four and a half, he might be a a good stud. He might yep. be a stud by four and a half, and I'm I'll be able to remember. Okay, he might bed here. He's going to be somewhere around this area. Maybe he might move off, but who knows? And you got to think like he's not obviously going to bed there every night. No, but, no, yeah, deer have way. Right, but now you know, like that's a popular bedding spot for deer in general. So when you go in to hunt that spot, you're going to know. Okay, I'm in the general area, at least. And, and most likely they're going to be. There's going to be some deer there, and that's like that's we get into that in another podcast. But access into a stand. Oh yeah, like that's is... huge. Like. Knowing where the deer is and how to access your stand, you know, like it what it was right above the rifle stand. stand. Yeah. So in right rifle season, you could be hiking up in there and they pick you out and Bust. you would have never known. Yeah. I won't even know. Walking down in there, that's in the later in the year it gets crusty in there, like the ground and it's really like loud. Yeah. You have to if you either go in early or you might as well not even go in yep. at all because it's just so loud trying to get in there. And I always think, like, how many deer do I spook? Because, like, whenever you crunch and you crunch, if a deer is laying 60 yards away, you're probably not going to hear him running through the woods. No. And I actually saw this, I actually saw I this thing that, that deer will crawl like a dog. 100%. I've seen it with my own eyes. We were actually rifle hunting one year. We were doing this drive. And like it, like it or not, we do drives around here. My yeah. family, that was the way I got started on hunting was driving deer. And... This doe is trying to sneak out of the drive. She literally got down like a hound, like she was sneaking up on a bird. Yep. And she was just crawling, watching, trying to keep her head down, like ears back, uh-huh. until she got far enough out where she had to break yep. for the fields. Yeah. And it's just so weird. Like, yeah. you don't think of deer to do that. Yeah. No, this year when I was driving, I didn't. The only two deer I spooked up, they let me get right beside them, like 10 yards. They jumped up and ran behind me. Yeah. So I didn't even push them where they, where I needed them to go. They just circled back around. Yeah, I mean, deer circle around a lot. Like, whenever I'm driving deer, like, over my uncles, uh-huh. we'll get, like, on a good day of rifle season, like a Saturday, Friday or Saturday, like, when yeah. guys have off or whatever, we'll get, like, 20 guys together. And you can do some pretty big drives, 20 guys. Yeah. And you want to believe, like, you think, okay, deer are scared, they'll run forward. You want to believe, like, we've had drives, like, small drives where we can put, like, seven or eight drivers together to go through. And we'll be ten yards apart, and the deer will run right through. You can be yelling at them, whatever, shoot at them even, and they won't turn. Nope. They'll, they'll run right beside you. They'll knock you over. And that makes you wonder, like, big, mature deer that have been in a drive before and know the situation. Like, 
when you have a three and a half, four and a half year old deer, they're obviously smart. Oh yeah. So when you're doing it, you're pulling a drive on them. They know which way to break. I feel like yeah, I feel like they know they're not not to break with all of those. I mean, and they they and maybe that's when you have some guy and like they get lucky pulling him out and he he makes mistake. But even when you know when you're walking the woods, you ever think about like what's watching me? Like there could be there's so much stuff watching you in the woods when you go in and you have no, no idea. Clue. Yeah, I would hate to be out west with a mountain lion. Like those suckers go oh, up in a tree and watching down at you like, I'm going to get this son of a gun. You, you know, know what I think about in the summer when I'm walking in the woods? Bears. No, big old black snake up in a tree above me. Oh, you, oh black snakes? Yeah, see, I'm not scared of snakes. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. it's, and ticks. You know, talk about a bad tick story? This year up at college, me and my friend, we went down to the state game lands. We found it. I don't know why we went out. It was 75 degrees. Terrible for ticks. Oh my god! I went. We walked a mile back into this game lands, and I was back in some thick stuff. Like it was really thick. I was like, "Yeah, this is where." I was just trying to find deer trails. I didn't find a deer trail on this entire. They were they were all above, but this place is hunted so much that yeah. it's right off a road. And I remember I sit down finally. I'm sitting there and I'm sweating because I just walked a mile in, have my hunting stuff on, and I look down and there's like three ticks on my leg i'm like nope i'm done yeah instantly that for any hunter i mean maybe guys that are used to it maybe don't it doesn't bother them as much but i know a lot of people that have gotten lines with these got screwed up oh yeah like i know a guy that can't even eat red meat anymore yeah that would kill me i don't know what i would do if i couldn't eat. i played baseball with a kid he went down to texas his dad had a a landscaping company lone star tick he goes down there he's down there for a week in texas this lone star tick bites him and he hasn't been able to eat red meat. I mean, I haven't talked to the kid in a while, but it was like a year, and he couldn't eat red meat. That would kill me. I'm, it it that would, be, would kill me. If that would happen, it would be really hard to justify hunting. Hunting. Yeah, people would look at, like, I love hunting. People would look at you and be like, man, this kid's just hunting just to hunt now. <laughs> but what would you do? Like, I don't know. I what guess, would you like, do? I guess you could do the whole provide for your family thing. Like, like Yeah. You just shoot the deer, yeah. do the whole necessity, cutting it up, doing everything. And then just have everybody else around you eat it. Because what else are you going to do? Yeah. And there still is a piece of that knowing, like, you put this piece of food on the table table for your family. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a good feeling, too. Like, giving out, like, hey, here's a deer steak from my deer. Here's some jerky we made. Here's some bologna we made. You know, that's almost as good as picking up the the head of the deer when when you harvest them or yeah. looking at them on the wall yeah there's a certain feeling you get when you you can provide meat and you went out and you sat and you you were the predator of this animal yeah you figured him out down to yep. the, the minute you found the trail that he was gonna walk on uh-huh. and you killed him you figured him out you and deer are way him. more advanced than we are in the woods we oh. are severely at a at a disadvantage, disadvantage. yeah hundred percent at a disadvantage so and it. You know, it's it gives thanks to the animal, and like, you know, you just have a deeper appreciation for the animal and the wildlife, and you know, it, it it's just a big part. So I guess that's probably the answer to that. Yeah. But anyway, back to my story. So I get up and I walk, and I walk some more, walk through this thick bedding area, and I come out, and I was like, I'm just sitting down. I was ready to go. It was hot. I was sweaty. When you're sweating in deer season, most times it's, it's not. Bad, yeah. yeah, it's bad. Might as well call it. And my friend, he's up in his climb or up in a tree. And I'm like, come on, let's go. It's time to get out of here. He's like, oh, I just got up in the tree. And I'm like, okay. 
And I look, so I sit down, and I look, and there's two more crawling up my hand. I'm like, no, we're done. I'm not hunting again till it is cold, and these things Are, hibernate. Yeah, but they wherever don't. They go. Yeah, wherever but they go. It, they severely drop down when it's cold. They yeah. don't like the cold. I think this year definitely is going to put a hurt on. We had a few negative, like, 16-degree days so. in a row. I hope that that put an end to them for a little bit. Like, I think it was 50 degrees today and yesterday around, yep. around 50 degrees and sunny. And I walked a lot of high grass, uh-huh. and knock on wood, I did not get a tick on me. Yeah, so I'm gonna, yeah. So just knock on wood. I haven't got. I, hate ticks. I haven't got a tick so far in my entire life. I got two of them stuck on me this year. The ticks were crazy this year. Last year they were bad. Um, this year, I think I think they I think they were worse. Yeah, and I think they're getting worse every year. Yeah. Like, it makes it hard. Like when it's warm out, I'm sorry, but if I have to walk through thick stuff, I'm not. Yeah. I don't. It's not worth it for me to go get ticks attached to you, and then you can't find them. You find them three days later, and you got to take tick medicine. Then you're worried about Lyme's disease. Yeah, you know what's going to happen to you? Yeah. So let's talk on the brighter good. side of things. Yeah. <laughs> good. The good. good news is, is the ticks aren't as bad this time of yeah. the year shed hunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until it gets warm, like in March, like and you get those like couple. Yeah. Like, and then they're then they're coming days. out and they're hungry as hell too. Yeah. So on a brighter. Um, topic. My best day shed hunting, I found two sheds. The, that's pretty me, good. That's two sheds. I've never found more than that. I've had like four or five days where I found two sheds. Mm-hmm. That's the most I've found. I haven't been able to find three yet. Yeah. I've tried. I found two one day and one the next. And the one that I found the next day was within like 20 yards of the one I found the day before. Yeah. So I could have probably found three in one day, but I didn't. What's real number like? How many deer do you think are on your property? At like, any how, given how, time? How many Does bucks? and bucks. How many bucks do you think? Like, their core area is your property. Okay. Um, if my Just property, like a rough estimate. Yeah, okay. So, in the, so it changes. So in the summer, I'll probably get even. Like, I'm going to count from spikes up to my most mature buck. In the summer... I'll have anywhere from 15, I'd say anywhere from 12 to 20 bucks. I'm just going to put it in there. Yeah. Using the property at every, even, yeah, any given time during the summer. To, from, to today, Junior. Yeah, yeah, to, 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 to today, Junior. <laughs> from June to August, I'll have anywhere from 12 to 20 bucks, probably using the property. Somewhere yeah. between there, usually. Spikes to mature. So what buck. about now? What about this time of year? Now, I'd say. Max five. So when you go out, you're really only expecting ten Fine. sheds. Ten sheds. That would be my goal. I set a goal this year. I told Emily. I'll talk about it now. I set a goal to find eight sheds this year. I've, I think my best year I found six sheds. I think it was either five or six sheds was my best year. I told Emily. I said I want to find eight. I'm, we're up to two now. I'm going to count Emily's that she found. She found yeah. a side to a little three point. So I'm going to count hers because it was on our farm. We're up to two sheds. Mm-hmm. So we got six more to go to meet my goal. I'd be, I'd be like so happy to find eight sheds. Yeah, I'd be ecstatic. Yeah. So I mean, I'm hopeful. Will I find that many? I don't know. I walk five miles a day, roughly. Yeah. On our one property, it's 96 acres, and I walk five miles, probably back and forth on mm-hmm. it. Me and Emily didn't find a thing. Ton of deer tracks. No sheds. I mean, I could have missed them. I mean, there's still probably four inches of snow in the woods. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's hard to say. Like some places. I know there's not sheds because the snow's already melted and I walked it hard. And 
there was no sheds there, unless there's some bucks. I mean, I know there's like one or two of the smaller bucks that I have on camera still holding, but the other ones at least aren't on camera that yeah. I have. So, I mean, I've looked, I haven't found. It's it's sometimes I, it's depressing. Yeah, I've done a decent amount of shed hunting this year. I mean, I've gone out three times. I probably spent six to eight hours so far. I would say shed hunting. I haven't found any, but I don't when I'm out. And I don't find sheds. If I find any deer, like in t- like any deer information, like trails, you know. Yeah, it's good. It, and right now in the snow is the best time to scout for deer. I tell Emily that all the time. She's like, it's so cold out. And I was like, even if we don't find a shed, she doesn't understand because, you know, she's not as big into the whole whitetail thing as I am. Right. So to her, we're just like out there freezing our balls off in the cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Speaking of balls, I was trying- <laughs> I was I-, I was looking at my trail camera and this one deer was scratching his face. And, like, it looked like he had pedicles on top. I wasn't sure. And uh, I was going to make sure it wasn't a buck. And then I looked harder, and then I could see his little jewel bag hanging between his legs. I was like, oh, there's one. He dropped his antlers. Because I was using one of those Tascos. Like, you know, you can just barely see, see the deer it yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> but you could see his jewel bag. Yeah. <laughs> I had a picture one time where the deer was like looking back and his legs were spread and his <laughs> his his, uh, his sack was hanging there, like, yeah, like a little tea bag. And he was like looking back at the camera, like he was looking back at the camera, like you're not gonna get me, like put I'm this sure. on, put this on your OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. He's like put this in your gallery on your phone to look at, like you're not getting me. Yeah. Whenever I get a picture just of like the butt of a deer. I and I don't get the head. I'm always looking. I'm like, is there two holes on or one on the back end? I'm looking for the jewel bag. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird to say, <laughs> but it is a good way to find out if it was a buck on your yeah, camera yep. or not. Yeah. But anyhow, back to what I was saying. I use shed like I use like the snow as a big tool to find trails. Like yeah. I'll mark them sometimes. Like I use I use hunt stand. A lot of people use Onyx, whichever. I mean, they're similar. They are similar. Huntwise, Jeff Sturgis yeah. says Huntwise. Yeah, yeah. I I have Huntwise on my phone too. Yeah, that app actually has the most updated map that I. Have. Yep. And so, the hunting, the weather. How do you wh- wh- do? You use his predictions that they have. I don't believe in the whole. I'm not. I'm not gonna say I don't believe in the whole predictions thing of weather. I mean, weather definitely. I'm not gonna say that. Like the Drury's have the deer cast, like with the pressure. Uh-huh. I had it when it was free yet, like when it first came yeah. out, and it said I was going to have a bad night. Like it said bad or poor or something, uh-huh. whichever one was the worst that it could have. Yeah. And I saw every single buck on my entire <laughs> farm. Like yeah. it, I, this was back in like 2018. We had a few, like I think we had two 140-inch deer on camera, like big deer, bigger than splits, way bigger than splits. Uh-huh. And one might have been touching 150. That lucky, it was him yeah. the next year. He was a stud. And they were both out in the cornfield, 150 yards from me, tons of deer. And so it's hard to, to buy into that whole thing. I'm not going to say that I don't believe in it a little bit, but it's hard to buy into that when you have stuff like that. Yeah. And you have, like, the it says very good, and you don't see a deer. Like, it's I think, hard to predict. I think I mean, during the rut, I think October 20th to the end of archery season, you can throw that out the window because it does not matter. No, yeah, during the rut, I don't think – you no. can either have a great hunt or you can have a terrible yeah. hunt. It depends – and it, ha- it depends on how good of a hunter you are. Yeah. Like, you can just – like, if you're the guy that just goes up, climbs a tree because there's a trail there. Yeah. Yeah, you might not see a deer. But, like, if you put your time in and stuff, you might have a better hunt than others uh-huh. with that day. It's just so hard to predict. Yeah, and I think it – 
I think it predicts the deer's travel ranges too. Like not just like you're going to see a deer tonight. It's just going to say this deer is more likely to get up maybe a little earlier. Yeah. This deer might be more likely to s- expand out. And I know you can also set up your stand and then you can say, okay, well, the, this is the ideal wind. The ideal wind part, the ones that use that, I think, play a big part in it because you can say, like, okay, this is my ideal wind. This is not ideal wind. Yeah. And it can tell you that. I mean, there's that's just a generalization, too. It's yeah. just another tool to use. But, you know, if, if it says, like, ah, your wind's bad, probably not a good idea because if your wind's bad. It's, it's so hard with wind. Wind is a big factor. Yeah. Right? You can try to beat it, but Seek One, they're down in Atlanta, Georgia. Dude, and those guys kill some booners. Favorite, favorite. I do watch a lot of that, but the reason I I can't take a lot away from that is it's because totally it's a whole different, different style yeah. of hunting. Like yeah. what they do down there would not work at no. single bit. Like they would be. I'm not. They might be able to kill a deer on my property, but they would probably be completely lost. It'd be different for them. Oh yeah, and it'd be different for us. Like if yep. we would go down there, we'd be so confused. Like climbing up. Like I've seen videos where they're in the backyard. Like there's like. Yep. Uh, a swing set 10 yards from yeah. him, and they shoot a freaking 180-inch deer right he, there in somebody's he backyard. He shot his, one of his biggest deer, Lee did. He put a stand. It was eye level with the dude's back porch. The guy was on his back porch doing a business call, and he, he heard, whack, and the guy goes, hey, did you get one? He's like, yeah. He's like, I think I just shot the biggest deer of my life. He's <laughs> like, oh, good, man, like, Glad to hear it. I'm drinking my coffee while I'm talking business on the phone, and you just shot a giant in my backyard. Yeah, yeah and he's like, oh, okay. He's the like, guy no. has no clue. But... No, he's like, dude, I don't think you realize, but I just shot the biggest deer. Like, I think I just shot the biggest deer in my life I like... pretty much off your back porch. Yeah. I like watching their videos, but it's I can't. So cool. I love watching them just no. for the entertainment right. of it, but I can't take away from them. That's why I like Midwest The only thing you can so take away from them is – the proof of letting the deer grow. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like letting a deer get to five and a half, six, six and a half years old. Yep. And their setups are good. They know how to set up a tree stand. Like yep. th- there is some stuff, but deer movement as a whole is tough. But what I was going to say is they they're partnering up with this. It's called Spartan Forge. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I've yet? heard about Spartan Forge. It's supposed to be better. So the guy who started it apparently was big into something in the military. He was in counterintelligence. Something, yeah. And so he's using basically like styles and like information and kind of software that they kind of used. And what's really cool is, I mean, if you want to do this, but you can either pay a plane or somebody with a drone to go take aerial pictures of your property and then you can upload them to your map on this app. And that he's going to have, I'm pretty sure he's going to have features of like, uh, like, you can pick out deer, and, like, you can say, okay, I got a trail camera picture here, yep. and it'll identify this deer and that deer. Yeah. Now, for me, like, I'm in, I do land, I'm going to do land surveying, and, like, doing the mapping and stuff, like, having a good map is crucial. I look at so many maps. Wait, wait, wait. I don't mean to cut you off, but you're doing surveying. See, me and Tucker have been friends for a long time. I've never actually done what he does at college. <laughs> me and Emily were just talking about this yesterday, and somebody says, what does Tucker do, like, up at college? And I said, you know what? I have no clue. And Emily goes, what a nice friend. I said, yeah, man, I am a nice friend. Like, I don't even know. So you're doing surveying. I told, yes. And I get it a lot. Like I tell people and they're like, No, oh, I like it. No, no. It? Surveying is a, is like a good, we need surveying all the time. Like property lines, big yep. deal. Like once you get out of there, 
probably gonna call you up to come do our property. Yeah, there is a line that like the, we're not we're good friends with our neighbors. We try and stay in good relations, and there's like two lines. It's just that a good agreement. Like, yeah, it's good to stay on the same page with your neighbors, neighbors. so that way there is no confusion Conflicts. about it. Yeah, like if you if things go south with yep. your neighbor, you want to make sure you know where the property lines are, just in case. But like right yeah, now, yeah. So call your local surveyor after this when you have a piece of property, and definitely have them come survey your property. Your, your yeah, we've you. had yeah we've <laughs> had trouble we've had trouble with like neighbors that were bad about it, uh-huh. and they said we own this part. And yep. My pap had the deed, and we actually did it with a rangefinder by ourselves uh-huh. with the deed, just to get close before we called my, like um, the one business yep. here in Somerset. And we were within like feet of it, and they were saying that they owned like twenty, thirty yards on our yeah. property. And, you know, that's a, I mean, that's not a lot of ground, but it is whenever. Right. I mean, in the aspect, yeah. whenever they're talking about stuff. You, you know, maybe we could do this. We could definitely we could go down on a tangent with this too. Yeah, like, this could definitely maybe be another episode. But yeah, but what I was saying was, you know, having updated aerial photography and mapping, and having a good topo map to look at. Uh, you know, look at the the valleys and the saddles and the, and the ridges and stuff is a good idea too when you're scouting, even for sheds. Because you know, right now the deers are, are in pockets; they're not they're not going to be out in the open. They're too trying much. to stay in out of the weather. Yep. So they're right now they're in more of a survival mode. We didn't have a super harsh winter. No, this year we had a, a more harsh winter than in the last couple of years. We had a lot of more frigid temps. Yep. we had some snow, so that makes it a little harder for browse. But the good thing is we had a lot of acorns and like forage in the woods uh-huh other than food plots like i and it didn't snow till just january yeah like mid-january yeah it was like the 14th of january it snowed but like i had a food plot two acres i thought man this thing is going to be full of sheds uh-huh. like never been a food plot down in this area ever yeah every deer from every property even where t-pat hunts i was like i'm gonna sneak them out of t-pat <laughs> right over to my food plot and find my sheds <laughs> and not a single deer hardly used it. Yeah. I have I have an acre and a half of standing corn in like a rainbow shape and like on the I think if you like an infield. Podcast. Yeah, maybe the next podcast. Yeah. But like on the infield there's like turnips. And uh-huh. I thought I'm gonna find sheds everywhere in here. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't find a single one. And we can't use bait anymore. So I can't because put corn the deer out. don't lick the same branch in the woods. Yeah, naturally. so like yeah, C C W D the game commission so I actually live next to a highway where the CWD line is, uh-huh. and our property borders it, and the deer cross that road. On the one side of the road, those people can use corn and uh-huh. stuff after the season or during the summer, and yeah. they can use um, artificial um, scents. They can use real scents. They can use whatever they want. But on my side, I can look across and see the guy using it, Right. but I can't use it. Well, that's kind of that, that's that's BS because... You know, we don't want our deer to get CWD, and if they're running across the road and going on the neighbor's property eating corn, and they run back over, all they're doing is dragging CWD over yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, I'm not so a make hu- it so make it all of it or none, none of, of it. it. You can't yeah. have a highway. And I'd rather it be none of it. I'd rather, in my opinion, I'd rather have it be none of it because I can. I love putting stuff out for the deer. I got ten times the pictures, and. After, like, you can find more sheds that way, too. I mean, putting corn and stuff out, it definitely lets the sheds get closer so you have a more generalized area of where to look for sheds whenever there's, like, a 200 pounds of corn sitting there in an alfalfa bale. So, Plus, how is it fair? Like, it's basically saying, like, okay, like, Ohio, you can bait. 
you're basically breaking it up like it's not fair across the whole entire state because we can't use scents, attractants, none of that. You can go across the road and you can hunt there and, and then you can use all that, all that stuff. How is that, how is that fair? Okay. Make it, don't try to stop it in one area. If it's really a problem, stop it across the entire state. Yep. You know, maybe we're just saying, I mean, obviously we're opinionated, opinionated because we don't have it. Yeah. It is nice. I know there's a lot of people that don't live in these areas and trust me, it is so nice. Yeah. It, like we can't even take our deer to certain butchers. Yeah. There's, there's guys don't like you guys that are in other areas don't know how nice you have it. Like to worry about that whole sense, like the game weren't getting on your back about things right. like that. Right, and we do, we try to do everything we can, like yeah. legally, like we do it by the book. So we have to make sure of all this stuff before we do it. Yeah, and you don't read all the new rules and stuff. You're like you have to keep up on it. No, you don't. You gotta I be, really you think the game commission could do a better job at letting the Commonwealth know an updated version of the rules every year because. It's even looking through the book they give you is so so tough many to gray find. areas, so many gray yep. areas. Like farm tags, like we can do farm tags, and we asked our one local game warden, where it's like, can the only the farm owner use the farm tags? Like go out and shoot a deer, like you're allowed to use, like say you get one buck tag with this, you can get a second buck tag with the farm, yeah, like like just cardboard tag it, whatever. Uh-huh. We don't do that because we care about like the deer numbers, yeah, but. And bear yeah. put a more of, of a a herd on crops. Yeah. A bear will really tear up a corn oh, yeah. field. So we ask them, we're like, so can we use it? Because my pap's technically the owner of the farm, but I got the Van Gogh last name, and I work on the farm. I make 100% uh-huh. of my living. My dad my uncle, we all got the, we're all family. Can we do that? Yep. And the game warden's like, I don't know. Like, it's a real gray area. He didn't say, I don't know. He said, it's a real gray area. So yeah. if you did it and he caught you, he might pinch you for it. Will he? I, you don't know. You right. have no idea. Right. And there's a farm out by us. They are a, they are, they're a big farm. Like that, he, all he does is crops. Like, so all he does is crops and he doesn't want deer on his property. I mean, he makes his living off that and farmers, like farmers have a real hard time making a living right now. And it's sad. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we have 700 dairy cows. I'm kind of preaching to the choir right yeah, now. Yeah, so like we have uh, 1,500 acres that we rent slash own. Like we own, I think, 650 some acres, and yeah. we rent the other. Right. So like I'm looking at it from a farming standpoint and a hunting standpoint at the same time. Yeah, I think it's good to have a good mix, but I don't blame the guy for when he doesn't care about deer and he wants to provide for his family. Yeah, that's, I get that. Yeah, that's but, his thing. But what I was saying is, I know, I know he has people going out, and it'll be like March. Like, they hunt them basically all year, and they're not family members. And from what I understood is you could you could just go and ask for one. You could just go and ask for a tag, and they have to give it to you. I heard that if you farm tag, red tag, is it red tags? Different? In that season, it's red tag. If it's out of season, it's red tag. If it's in oh, season, okay. only, like, the family. Like, I'm not sure if it. that's what I was talking about. I'm oh, not sure if okay. it's the owner or if, like, our family can yeah. do it. So there is a difference in red tag. Red tagging, you just go out there. Like they have a certain season though for it too. It's like February through March or something. Something weird, which is bad because the, the like, does are pregnant. 
the does are pregnant. And then they have one in the summer, too. Right. And But what's worse about it now is... You can shoot bucks that are right. don't have antlers. They're going to be the biggest deer out there. Obviously, when you have six deer coming out, and the they're going to shoot the biggest one. And he's the good, good chance it might be a buck. Yeah, because you're you can definitely tell the size difference. And that happens like in muzzleloader season a lot too. Like getting not trying to get off the subject. I mean, we really got off subject from sheds, but that doesn't matter. It's a podcast. Who cares? <laughs> That's but, the point of that it. That is. This is the point. We're just BSing about all kinds of different stuff. But like in muzzleloader season, we've had that happen. Uh-huh. Like, uh huh. Big deer comes by, like a group of five deer come by, or five deer, the biggest one. You're shooting it with the flintlock. You don't know. You don't have a scope to look. Yep. Open sights. Boom. Dead buck and then you feel terrible yep you but it's not your fault you don't know what to do yeah but i i think we should uh i think you should tell them about the shed here though okay the shed that i'm holding okay so this shed i actually didn't find it i wish i could say i found it this was when i was like eight years old we've been holding it all night because it's this huge four point side off of a bucket pa how much do you think that thing weighs at least two pounds it might be three. It's hard to judge five pound. I don't know. Jaden, we're going to hand it over to our tech guy, Jaden. Jaden, how much do you think it weighs? Three pound? Yeah, probably. Okay. It's heavy, isn't it? Jaden doesn't for a hunt. Shed, this thing is, Jayden doesn't least, hunt. This thing's 10 years old. Yeah. Okay, and it still weighs three pound. It's not. It's dried out. Okay. Uh-huh. It's, it's a huge, <laughs> like, or even Jaden, he doesn't hunt it one bit, and it is a huge shed. It's, for very, it's very girthy. Yeah, it's girthy. <laughs> It's got mass. Can't wrap your whole hand around. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. Yeah. So... This this shed, since we're talking about sheds, was actually stuck in one of our tractor tires. I was not helping quite yet at the farm, like a lot, you know, barely at all. This you thing had was milk teeth on you. Yeah, this thing got stuck in a tractor tire, blew the tractor tire, didn't break a point or nothing off of this thing, which is impressive for getting run over. Uh-huh. It didn't bust a point or nothing. That's just how thick this thing is. I'd say this shed goes seventy inches as a four point side. It's got. Mass and his it's probably got 24 inch beams, 25 inch beams, uh, probably a nine and a half inch G2, and probably I don't know, it's huge, very, very typical. Yeah, too. it's a typical eight point, just a stud. Bases are probably, I don't know, um, about the size of a beer can. It looks like he didn't curve at all, it looks like he went out and went straight forward. Yeah, just a stud deer, but. This was a good episode. Yeah. Definitely a good one for the second one. I Honestly, think, I think we're getting better at it. I mean, I felt more comfortable this time. I did I, we too. didn't have hardly any screw ups. I don't think, or maybe just one yeah. that we had screw ups on. Well, and we're we're not sitting on the bed. And... Yeah, the last time we were in my bedroom because we I thought we needed Wi Fi, so we're up in my room. <laughs> There's four of us sitting on a bed, my uh-huh. bed, trying to do this whole thing. Now we got a table and we're secluded, which is good. I know a lot of people want a video. That's a big thing. It's coming. We're just starting. Like, we're very, very new to this. Like, yeah. so just give us time. There will be video. It's only gonna get better from here. Yep. It only gets better. <laughs> There's only one way, and that's up. Yep. Or canceled. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So we're gonna put our Instagrams in here. So uh, Tpat, yours is at Tpat. Tpat two underscore. Tpat underscore two. Yeah. And I'm. M Van Gilder one on Instagram, and then like always, follow the Farmland Hunter on Instagram. But yeah. it was a good episode. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the um, Spotify and yep. everything. Um, hit the little bell notification that way you can um, get updated whenever our stuff's coming out. And give us a rate too. I mean, we got a five star rating yes, right now. Keep let that us up know. There. Let us know too. Like comment, comment on the IG, comment, send yeah. us DMs. Yeah, we want to know. We want feedback. That's the big thing. That way we know what to do, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you guys want to hear. Maybe I'll do a 
a thing on Instagram, like we questions. Do Instagram live sometimes. Or, yeah, Instagram live. We could do questions. Yep. That way we can answer them on here. We can do whatever. And so, it doesn't have to be good. Like, we don't, we want your honest opinion. Like, if you think we're, like, be honest with us because we're yeah, if you think if, if you think we suck, that's your opinion. Say you suck. Yeah. <laughs> we have opinions on here too. We're we, not soft. We're not. Yeah, we're not softies out here. So, all right. Also, I think we should thank Jaden again. Yeah, thank and, you, Jaden. Uh, Toasty, y- what is it? Yosti Toasty Productions? Studios. Studios, studios. Yosti Toasty Studios. Thank you, Jaden. Yes, sir. Thank and, you. Uh, I think this was good. Yep, yep. See you guys. Yep, bye.